All right, how we doing tonight, Exchange? I love it. So glad you are here with us. And can we just give it up for the worship team just doing a fantastic job week in, week out, leading us in worship. Man, I'm so pumped you're here. Like the team said, my name is Mark. I get the privilege of serving as the college and young adult pastor, as well as one of the family ministry pastors at Grace. And super pumped, especially if it's your first time. Come on, one more time. Let's put our hands together. Everyone here joining us for the first time. So glad that you are here. And like the team said, we're in week two of a series called Soul Care. And last week, uh, I preached from the idea really focusing on depression and suicide. And I know these are difficult topics that we're getting ready to navigate through over the next few weeks. And I just want to encourage you, if you missed last week, uh, give it a listen. I really believe uh, that it could be a blessing to you and maybe a blessing to someone that you know as well. But as we continue in this series today, I, I want to talk to you on the topic of anxiety. I want to talk to you on the topic of anxiety. And I believe this is something uh, many of us today, we find ourselves battling with. Many of us today, whether it's you, a friend, a loved one, someone in your family, I believe many of us are battling with anxiety. And I believe God's word gives us some truth to help defeat it. So I want to uh, read from Philippians chapter 4, and this is the Apostle Paul. He says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, somebody say the peace of God. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Today, I want to talk to you from this idea when anxiety attacks. When anxiety attacks. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for this space that we have called The Exchange, where, God, we can come into a room and worship you and praise you, learn more about you, and most importantly, grow closer to you. So I pray, Lord, that chains would be broken tonight. Lord, captives would be set free. I pray, Lord, that people would experience healing in the dark, broken places in their heart. That, God, we would leave this room better than we came. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I got to tell you this. It's probably, like, a little off the cuff. But last week, I'm sitting in my office, and it's about 3 o'clock. How many of you know, like, mid-afternoon snacks? That's, like, an essential, right? So, your boy in his office, he has this uh, filing cabinet next to him. But at the bottom of it, there's, like... A whole bunch of snacks. I got a whole bunch of snacks, and uh, three o'clock hits, snack time. So I reach my hand in there blindly, just grab something out. I open it. It's a bag of Chex Mix. I go to bite a pretzel, and it's like chalky. It's like disintegrating in my mouth. I'm like, ugh, that's not too tasty. So I look into the bag, only to realize I am eating from a bag full of Chex Mix that is infested with mold. And I'm sitting here thinking, I've only been on staff at Grace for about a year and a half. How did this happen? (laughs) I'm looking at this Chex Mix, and it's covered in mold, and your boy just spits it out. And then soon I'm like, do I vomit? Like, do I need to force this out of my system? So I'm in my office, and I'm sure everyone in the hallway is like, what's going on in his office? I'm like throwing up all of this stuff. And I'm freaking out. I'm so worried. I'm like, what is going on? So literally, 3 o'clock hits. I'm headed out the door. I'm like, I got to go home. I literally need to scrub my mouth with soap. Freaking out. Super anxious. I call my wife, and she literally asked me the worst question. Are you okay? No. No, babe, I'm not okay. I I walk through the door, and she goes, is there anything I can do for you? I'm like, get me a new mouth. So I I walk into the house, and I... 
she's asking me, babe, are you okay? I'm like, babe, no, I'm not okay. I'm freaking out a little bit about this because I start Googling, what happens if you eat something that has mold? I mean, you know, whenever you Google something of that nature, the internet literally gives you the worst case scenario. So I remember I'm looking at all of this different stuff. What happens when you eat something that's covered in mold? And literally, I'm just like worried. I'm freaking out. I'm like, yo, I could die, bro. Like, do I go to the hospital? What do I do about this? Do I need to do something like uh, cleanse my body or flush me out? I'm like freaking out. She's like, baby, just go to bed. It's not that easy, Michelle. So finally, 10 o'clock rolls around, and I'm like, I'm not going to eat anything. God knows what could happen next, right? So we finally start trying to go to sleep, and literally, like, your boy was just restless. I'm laying on my back, and I'm like, Michelle, wake up. I think I got to go to the hospital. (sighs) Michelle, do you hear that in my voice? Michelle, help me. I'm freaking out about this whole situation. And I know that story brings some levity to the topic of depression. And I know many of us who sit in the room today, we're struggling with deep, dark bouts of anxiety. I know I said depression, but when I talk about anxiety, I know some of us in the room today, we're struggling with deep, dark bouts of anxiety, and we feel like there is no hope for us. You see, psychology today would say one in every four people have an anxiety disorder. And it's on the rise continuously today. And today, I'm not gonna focus on anxiety disorders, but what I do wanna focus on is the root of anxiety. I wanna focus on the root of anxiety and how we can combat anxiety. Because at some point in our lives, whether we realize it or not, we're gonna experience anxiety. At some point or another, whether we have or whether we will, we will experience anxiety. And this word anxiety, the root of it, especially in the Bible, uh, it it, it has a a specific meaning. And and the term, when you look at anxiety in the Greek, it's pronounced this way, murder now. Murder now. So at the root of this term anxiety, it actually has two connotations. You see, in the positive connotation, this word or term anxiety, it can mean of great concern, have great concern or care for something. But in the negative connotation, it means anxiety or worry that overcomes us and distracts our minds and overcomes our minds. And how many of you know, I believe this with all my heart, when concern or worry or fear goes unaddressed, it always leads to anxiety. You see, you could be concerned about something. What's unique about this, in Philippians chapter 4, off the, off the rip, I'm just going to mention this side note. Philippians chapter 4, Paul uses the term anxiety in a negative connotation. But two chapters before that, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 20, he tells the people, the Christians of the church of Philippi, I'm sending to you my brother Timothy. I'm sending Timothy to you. And Timothy, he's anxious for your well-being. When Paul's using it in Philippians chapter 2, he's saying that in a positive connotation. Timothy has a great level of care for you. But what he's saying in chapter 4 right here, he's, he's painting a picture of how anxiety so easily affects you and I. See, so many of us today, we understand that anxiety, it creeps into our life. It first starts with a little hint of concern, which is okay. But when we don't address it or when, when it goes mismanaged, it leads to worry. And then it leads to fear. And then it leads to anxiety. And anxiety, it takes us to this place where mentally we feel like we're robbed. 
We literally feel like it, it's debilitating us. And it's not only a mental thing, but soon enough it becomes a physical thing. And you see the anxiety I'm talking about today? It's the fear-based anxiety. And you see, fear is not from God or of God. And so many of us as followers of Jesus today, I believe that we're struggling with anxiety in the areas of our relationship status. We're struggling with anxiety because we're worried we're going to live single forever. So many of us are anxious about our career path. So many of us are anxious about finances, our health, our family, our well-being. We're anxious about our future. So today, here's what I want to do. I want, to, I want you to take a second right where you are. I want to ask you this question. What's making you anxious? What's making you anxious? What are you worried about? What's keeping you up at night? Take a second to think about that. Because too many of us, too many of us are struggling with anxiety, but we're struggling silently. And we've yet to really identify what that thing is in our life. And we're going to always be in the cycle of struggling with anxiety until we point it out. And I just want to let you know today, what we worry about the most, it reveals where we trust God the least. What we worry about the most in life reveals where we trust God the least. And too many of us, we've gotten to this place where we're saying, well, anxiety is just the norm for me. I've always struggled with anxiety. I'm always going to be this way. I'm stuck like this. And today, I'm here to remind someone, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, that God did not give you a sick mind, but a sound mind. God didn't give you an anxious mind. He gave you a sound mind. And I believe that if we get to this place where we're experiencing anxiety in our lives, if we have a way to counter it, we'll be far better off. I believe that we all at some point in our lives will experience anxiety, but I believe we don't have to live that way. We don't have to live that way. We can have a sound mind. We can experience the peace that comes from God. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, it says, Anxiety brings depression to the heart, but a good word brings gladness to it. Anxiety, it brings depression to the heart, but a good word brings gladness to it. And today, I don't want to just give you a good word. I want to give you three good words or three good phrases that I believe will help us whenever anxiety attacks. And the first one is this, name it. You got to name it. The second one, I'm going to give it to you up on front. It's actually name it, shift it, and the third one is surrender it. So everybody say the first one, name it. Second one, shift it. Third one, surrender it. Say it fast. One, two, three. Come on, say it again. Be careful with the second one. Be careful when you pronounce the second one. Say it one more time. Name it, shift it, and surrender it. And when we look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul says this to the church of Philippi. He says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. I, I just love this part of Philippians because here is a man, the Apostle Paul, he's actually writing from a prison cell. He's writing to a group of Christians from a prison cell, and Scripture probably tells us, or Scripture tells us, he's probably in prison because he was caught preaching the gospel. You see, Paul, he was madly in love with Jesus. He was madly in love in pre with preaching the gospel. And now in this moment, he fi probably finds himself beaten, flogged, you see, these people that would persecute Paul, they actually try to murder him several times over. And here he is. He finds himself in a prison cell telling the people in the church of Philippi, yo, don't be anxious about anything. 
Now, immediately I think, I want that type of confidence, right? I I want that type of confidence that Paul has. But you see, what Paul believes is we don't have to live anxious because of what's taking place around us. We don't have to live anxious because of a pandemic. We don't have to live anxious because of a war. We don't have to live anxious because we lost our job. We don't have to live anxious as Christians because sickness comes about or because we failed an exam. No, friend, you can live with the peace of God because the peace of God comes from the spirit of God that lives in you. You you don't have to live with anxiety. You don't have to live that way if you have the spirit of peace. And I believe when we experience anxiety, the first thing we have to do is name it. We've got to name it. And I believe if we want to experience the peace of God, I believe the first thing we need to do is name it. And psychologists, they would call this, uh, when you're pointing out something that brings about anxiety, they would call it a trigger. And a trigger is anything that activates or stimulates an emotion or brings about or alters our behavior. For some of us, we get triggered when we go to a specific place. We get triggered when we go into a specific place where maybe in the past there was some trauma or there was an event that took place that affected us or wounded us. Some of us, some of the triggers in our life are people. Maybe someone that hurt you, wronged you, abused you, lied to you, or hurt you. Some of us are triggers, it's what we hear, it's the words that people say. For some of us, it could be a song. How many of you know, like, you turn on some uh, Take Care album from Drake, your boy goes back to middle school breakups, right? (laughs) Like, there's these different triggers in our life, but it's so important that we call out the trigger. We got to call out the trigger. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, take every thought captive. We got to take everything captive, every single thought captive. And I think what's unique about this is whenever Jesus would cast out a demon, He would call it by name. He he would call it by name. And I believe if you want to experience freedom, if you want to live an anxiety-free life, you've got to call out the trigger in your life. You got to put a name to that thing. You have to name it in order to change it. You got to name the trigger in order to change the outcome. Some of you need to understand, you can't change what you don't call out. You can't change what you don't call out in your life. And I think many of us were experiencing anxiety because we have these little devices in our pocket called the cell phone. And I know I've been drilling this pretty hard over the past couple of weeks, but research says our generation is a generation that is experiencing anxiety at an all-time high. And much of that research is pointed back to our cell phones. More specifically, social media. For some of us, the trigger is social media. Some of us are filled with anxiety when we see friends with new cars or purchasing a new house or in a new relationship. Some of us are anxious when we see a a friend um, dating someone or get married or starting their family. And it fills us with anxiety. And today we're living so connected to the world yet so disconnected from peace because of social media. And I believe it's causing some of us to start believing we're lacking something. We start envying others. We start throwing out statements. If only I had this, or I'm not good enough, or only if I could look like that. And these things birth anxiety. This is enemy's playground. That's the enemy's playground. Some of you are dealing with anxiety because you've allowed social media to lead to negative self-talk. And I want to go hard at this because I believe it's important we identify our struggle but not be identified by the struggle. 
You see, I, I love this quote by an author by the name of Brian Tracy. He wrote uh, the book called No Excuses. He says, 95% of our emotions come from how we talk to ourselves. I just want to challenge you. Do you want to alleviate some anxiety in your life? I want to challenge you to start speaking God's truth over your life, not the world's truth over your life. You want to alleviate some anxiety in your life? Speak God's truth over your life daily. What's the trigger? What's the trigger? Call it out. Name it. And I believe it doesn't stop there. I believe the next step we have to take if we're going to attack anxiety or fight back against anxiety, I believe we need to shift it. Everybody say shift it. Shift it. Come on, say it. I believe we have to shift it. And not only are we going to name the trigger, we're going to make it known to God. We got to make the trigger known to God. We got to present it to God. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, it tells us we must present our anxious thoughts to God. We got to present our anxiety and make it known to God. And when I say shift it, I mean we literally have to take that thing from our knowledge and bring it and make it known to God. We can't just conceal and hold on to it. We need to verbalize it. We need to do that by praying and asking God to intervene. I love what 1 Peter chapter 5 says. It says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, unto God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You see, God, he knows all things, but the question is, will you talk to him about all things? He knows it. But will you talk to him about it? Will you bring it to him? Because the truth of it is this. God can't heal what you continue to hide. He won't heal what you continue to hide. He won't heal what you continue to conceal in your life. You've got to shift it. I remember when I was a kid, um, I grew up like a steak lover. I love steaks. My whole life pretty much been eating a steak. I'm convinced like my parents would blend steaks and put it in my formula. I know that's pretty gross. <sighs> But I, like, love steak so much. I remember um, my earliest memory eating a steak or some of my earliest memories consisted of me, whenever my parents would put a steak in front of me, I would just cry. Just cry. Super, super hysterical, squealing, crying, throwing a tantrum. And I remember one time, um, I, I was a toddler, a little kid, don't judge me. I remember I was sitting at the table and my dad and my mom, they're preparing dinner and we we're having steaks for dinner. And my dad puts this steak on a plate. And I start crying again because I couldn't cut the steak by myself. Couldn't handle the steak by myself. I couldn't handle it on my own. And I remember in that moment, my dad had to come over. He had to take it off my plate, put it on his, cut it up for me, and then give it back to me. You see, I share that story because I believe so many of us, we're trying to deal with something that is far too large for us. And what we need to do is get it off of our plate and put it on the God's. We're trying to deal with this thing on our own. We need to get it off of our plate, and we need to give it back to God. It is too big for us to handle anxiety on our own. I know I spoke about this last week, but I'm really, really passionate about this, friends. Anxiety, depression, mental illness, it is far too big for you to handle on your own. You need help. You may need some professional help. You definitely need some community, and can I tell you, you definitely need God to bring healing. You can't do it on your own. You need help. And the way we, we do this is by praying to God. We make it known to God. We got to go to God in prayer. We got to tell him, God, I'm anxious about this. I love what it says in 1 Peter 5 when I said that. In verse 7, Peter says we have to 
cast our anxiety onto God. I, I believe that statement, it brings some imagery. It's almost like how you make your bed. Some of you wake up, like, just throw your comforter on your, like, mattress. No bed sheets, gross. <laughs> you just, like, throw it on your mattress. Some of you need to throw your anxious thoughts onto God. You need to throw your anxious thoughts onto God. You need to cast your anxieties onto God because he cares for you. And what that looks like is, God, I'm struggling with this right now. I need your help. God, would you come and do what only you could do? God, could you bring healing to my heart? God, could you replace the lie with truth? God, I need your help. But you see, what I, what, what I don't only see in 1 Peter 5 is that we're all to cast our anxieties onto God. But what I also do see is we got to approach God with humility. Says this, Peter starts off, says, humble yourselves. We got to pursue a heart of humility when we go to God. And I believe today, many of us are experiencing anxiety because we have pride. Many of us are experiencing anxiety because we have pride. And not only is it causing us to experience anxiety, many of us, it's, it's causing us to live with anxiety. It's causing us to live with it and remain stuck that way because many of us, we begin to believe we could do it on our own. We could fight the battle by ourselves. We don't need God's help. We don't go to God in prayer. We don't seek God's help. We don't uh, invite friends. We don't ask community to come and pray for us. We just go for it by ourselves. And the chances are so high that we will always end up in this perpetual cycle of dealing with anxious thoughts when we do that. You got to humble yourself and say, God, I need your help. God, could you come bring healing? God, could you replace the lie with truth? God, could you come and bring freedom to my anxious heart? You got to shift it. You got to get it off your plate and get it onto God's. And I believe once we name it and once we shift it, the next step we got to take is surrender it. I believe once we identify the trigger, once we bring it to God, I believe the important thing that we all struggle to do is surrender it at the feet of God. We've got to learn how to surrender it. I believe so many of us today, we're stuck in this area, myself included. And the truth is we do this because we struggle to trust God. We fail to surrender because we fail to trust that God is in control. We fail to surrender because we don't wholeheartedly believe that God could do what only he could do. We struggle to trust God because we, we question his faithfulness and his character. We, we want God to operate on our calendar, not his. We struggle to trust God. Therefore, we struggle to surrender to God. And when it comes to our thought life, we got to take the thought captive. We, we can name the trigger. We have to name the trigger. We have to shift it from our plate onto God. We gotta surrender it. We gotta surrender it. We gotta say, God, you're in control. I'm gonna trust your time, and God, I know you're in control. God, I know you're gonna deliver me. God, I know you're gonna help me. God, I know what you're gonna do what only you can do. And I think in so many situations, we always end up right where we started dealing with anxiety and dealing with these anxious thoughts because we don't wholeheartedly trust Him. And this is something that I'm walking through in my own life. And uh, many of you know, this is good news, many of you know Michelle and I uh, were pregnant. We're expecting our firstborn child in about 10 weeks. I'm so excited about that. And we're having a girl, and I'm going to share her name. Is that okay, Michelle? Okay. <laughs> you ready? This girl's going to be a game changer. She's going to be a world changer. Her name is Harlan Ryder Hutchinson. Harlan Ryder Hutchinson. 
But when you're pregnant, people always want to share their experiences with you. And more times than not, it's not good experiences. <laughs> oh my gosh, praise God, you guys are pregnant, but can I just tell you about how I... I'm like, no! No! I'm not entertaining that. Oh, what really challenged me in this area is when Michelle, um, when Michelle was born or when her mom was going into labor uh, with Michelle, she was experiencing extreme complications. See, as Michelle was uh, in her mom's womb and the, the midst of her labor, both she and her mom's heart rate began to elevate. And it became a, a point in time where the doctors said, we, we don't know how to manage this situation. So the doctors, they go over to Michelle's father and they say, sir, if it gets to this specific point, we're going to need you to choose. Are we going to save your wife's life or your daughter's life? And as a father-to-be, I can't imagine if I, if I were to ever experience that. I, I can't imagine. How do you even answer a question like that? And as Michelle shared that with me, and as we've been having conversations about birth plans and all of that interesting stuff, I started doing some research about how often are the occurrences and uh, uh, different research and history on situations such as that. What I realized as I was doing all this research is I need to trust God with this process. I need to trust and believe that he's in control. I need to trust and believe God's going to do what he needs to do. I remember I was doing research and looking up all this stuff, and God just spoke that to me. I'm like, wait a second. This isn't who you are, Mark. Mark, you're not going to live from a place of fear. Mark, you're not going to let this take you to a place of worry or anxiety. Mark, no, focus on trusting him. Focus on reminding yourself he's in control. I needed to trust God in that moment. I love this quote by uh, Mark Twain. He says, I've had a lot of worries in my life most of which have never happened. I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which have never happened. I know a lot of us sit in the room, and we could probably agree with that. A lot of the things that we worry about don't happen. I think about this, Cornell University, they did a study, and they had a, a group of people uh, tell them the things that they worry about and the things that they get anxious about. And after a while, a certain amount of time, they uh, sent that group off to live their life, their regular life. And after a while, they all came back. And at, at, at the study actually proved and revealed 85% of what the people said they're worried about never took place. 85% of the things that these people spoke about never took place. I'm sharing that with you because we need to learn to surrender it, to trust God, and believe he's in control. Because chances are what we're worried about probably won't happen. And the truth of it is, if, you're, if you can worry about it, you can pray about it. If you got time to worry about it, you can pray about it. And you can ask God to intervene. You can ask God to come and bring healing. You can ask God to come and do what only he could do. And for me, in my life, I find myself creating moments in my day wherever I'm feeling these emotions or whenever I'm getting anxious or whenever I'm worried. I find myself pausing and saying, God, I need your help. God, I'm struggling with this thought. God, I'm anxious in this area. God, I need your help. I have to pause 
and start declaring truth over my life sometimes. And I'm challenging some of you today to incorporate that in your day-to-day rhythm. You got to do it. You got to speak truth. You've got to ask God for his help. And as I get ready to close, my application for this message is very, very simple. We got to name the triggers. We got to name the triggers. When anxiety kicks in, we've got to name the trigger. What is that thing that's causing me to be anxious? Number two is we've got to shift it. We've got to move it from our knowledge and make it known to God. We've got to move it from our knowledge and present it to God. And number three, we need to surrender it. We need to take that thought captive, and we need to leave it at the feet of Jesus and trust that he is in control. I love this passage of Scripture, and uh, many of you have probably read it. When we speak about anxiety, it's probably one of the most prolific and most clear demonstrations of having faith in the midst of anxiety And Jesus would speak it. It takes place in Matthew chapter 6. It's a moment. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus, as he's speaking to masses and crowds of people, he shifts into this moment where he addresses worry. And I wanted to pick a couple verses and really highlight it. It says this in Matthew chapter 6. It says, Can any one of you be, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Verse 31. So do not worry about saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans, they run after all of these things. And your heavenly Father, he knows what you need. Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things will be given to you as well. Verse 34, therefore, do not worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble for itself. See, these are the words of Jesus. These are the words of Jesus to you and I, and he knows when we're dealing with anxiety, but friends, he also knows exactly what we need. He knows exactly what we need. And because of that, when anxiety attacks, I don't believe it's a moment for us to shrink back in our faith. I believe it's a moment for us to step up, start speaking truth, start declaring truth, start speaking the promises of God over our life. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, for those who put their trust in the Lord, he will renew your strength. Psalm 34, God is your provider. Psalm 91, he is our shield. He is our protector. He's our safe place. Psalm 18, he's our rock. Think about this, James chapter 1, verse 17. Each and every gift comes from God. He knows exactly what you need. So don't shrink back in your faith when anxiety attacks. Start to proclaim the truth of God's word over your situation. Start to allow that to shift your mind from an anxious mind to a sound mind, from an anxious spirit to a sound spirit. You don't have to live with anxiety. You can hold on to the truth of God's word. Don't got to live with anxious thoughts. We can hold on to his promises. I know it's easy for me to preach a message like this, but it's so difficult for us to live it out. But I just want you to know you can't hold on to fear and faith at the same time because faith begins where fear ends. 
You got to draw a line and say, I'm choosing to speak the truth of God's word over my life. I'm choosing to declare the truth and the promises of God's word over my life. We have to trust God is faithful to deliver if he has promised it. It's a challenge today. This is a message about taking a step in your faith to really believe God is faithful to see through what he has spoken over your life. And I shared something with you about what Michelle and I, we've been experiencing as we've been having conversations about our firstborn child and how that's been making me feel anxious at times. That's making me feel anxious at times. What I realize when I'm anxious, anxiety is always followed or led by a statement that goes like this, what if? What if? You start saying, what if? And I know some of you today, you've been saying, what if I don't get that job? What if I remain single for the rest of my life? What if I don't find a spouse? What if I don't pass that class? What if I don't pass the exam? What if I can't pay the bills? What if my mother doesn't find healing? What if? I just wanna let someone know today, when you hold on to the promises of God, when you lean into faith and not fear, I tell you today, you can turn your what if to an even if. Even if they don't get healed, my God is a healer. Even if I can't pay the bills, my God is a provider. Even if I can't see what's ahead of me, my God holds my future. Turn your what if to an even if. Some of you in the room tonight, you've been doubting if you'll pass classes or get through college or if you'll be able to step in a career, even if you don't pass the class, God knows your future. Even if the job falls through, he will provide for you. When you hold on to faith, you gotta, gotta lean into the even ifs. Even if he's in control. Even if he's in control. I think so many of us today, we'll, we'll call ourselves a follower of Jesus and. We'll go about life on the day-to-day -day and, you know, on the outside, we'll act all happy-go-lucky like everything is good. But on the inside of us, there is something that is eroding and rotting away our soul. And for many of you in the room today, it's anxiety. And I speak faith over anxiety. I speak that it's defeated in the name of Jesus. I speak healing in the name of Jesus. I speak freedom in the name of Jesus. So if you believe it tonight, I want you to declare the truth. God is in control. Let's sing this out.